Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Ed Samuel. He's a career coach at Sam Nova, where he's helping people get to a better place, whether they are working or in transition. He focuses on mid-level and senior level managers. I have Stuart Wiggins. He's with Induna Advisors, where he brings resources together to scale your business. And I have Atip Aga. He's an IT professional at Blue Cross Blue Shield, where he does data analytics. The question I have for you today, why do organizations move non-performers, underperformers, and toxic managers around rather than moving them out? Stuart, kick us off. I think it really is indicative of the organization itself. It's not the manager. It's not the performer. It starts at the very beginning because we don't do a very good job. I say we in general, but those companies don't develop people or prepare them for their role. Someone is really good at moving boxes, guess what? Let's promote him to this. But we've done nothing to prepare that person for success or how to lead. Mm. We have to have the courage to sit down and talk to someone when they aren't performing in alignment with our core values. For example, instead of waiting six months or a year to have a review, why don't we have reviews when the behavior exhibits itself, either positive or negative. Because then that way, the, anytime you sit down and talk to somebody, it's not like Pavlov's dog where you start salivating because you're afraid to have a conversation with your superior. We put people in positions not to be successful because we don't know how to counsel them. We don't know how to coach them. And we don't know how to put them in a position so that they can be successful. So these leaders, they continue to grow and then when they have people on their team, they lack the skill set to be able to prepare them so that they can be successful. We may pass people that are, are underperformers, but it really goes to what about the leaders and how are we preparing the leaders to successfully lead and grow within their organization? Yeah, let me uh, add, add, a, add a spin to this. For non-performers that are moved around or non-performers that are even allowed to just stay in a role, and you just grab your head, how could this be? There are some companies that they're more focused on the leaders being liked by the team, liked by the people that work for them. And what happens is that uh, there are some organizations that do something really crazy. What they do is they say, okay, you're the leader of the team. Things are really broken. A lot of the brokenness is because you have two or three people here that should never be here. They're in the wrong role, but no one's willing to act on it. No one because everyone's worried about being liked. These same companies then go and they measure the leader in terms of how well they're liked and trusted. Can you imagine being in a situation where you know you have to fire three people, but yet the organization is gonna do a survey of the very organization about you, whether they trust you. And then your ability to get a raise, stay there, get promoted, whatever is based on the survey about being liked. So what happens, some organizations create this crazy dynamic that plays out that says being liked as a leader is more important than doing the right thing, even if it means moving people out of the company or taking a harsh move. Really problematic when you stop and look at it from those companies that, those leaders and companies that are measuring, uh, hey, how many followers do you have? How many people like you? Then you go into gridlock. You're not gonna fire anybody because a higher concern is being liked. Easy stuff, but it's out there by some of the leading companies in the U.S. today. And that's where you cannot penalize managers. 
for doing the right thing for the organization and even for the people uh, by holding them in uh, gridlock uh, because of a survey or another standard that they're trying to pass at the same time. Some very great points to share. Uh, I, I think we've got to sh- look at it from different perspectives. One is individuals with, with some responsibilities, are they performing well? If you made the elephant's ability to climb a tree, it's always going to fail, right? So do we mm-hmm. have the people in right places where they interviewed properly, where they vetted out properly to be assigned to the right job? And when the org structure changed, where they aligned properly again? That's the critical thing, right? Then we, another important aspect that I think both of you guys touched about was leadership. This is a very tricky thing. I can't comment why toxic people stay or why they don't stay. Having a broader review in terms of who do we promote? Do we promote mm-hmm. people who are actually great performer and great trusted in the team? Or are we performing people who are basically just liked by the higher leadership? How do we bring that culture in where this is a culture of trust, where it's not just performance? You're not just being, you know, if you saved us X amount of dollars, now you're the best employee to be promoted, but mm-hmm. does your team trust you? So that kind of culture where there's a 360 reviews, like as you mentioned about getting more feedback from the people and then really promoting that, that comes from a culture. That's not just one leader. Again, it starts from the top, but do we build that culture where people can grow and the right people, given the accountability, can really support other people. It's really a leadership thing, right? If you talk about the right leaders and the right leaders put in the right place, can really make that happen. And then we'll have lesser and lesser number of toxic people, lesser and lesser number of underperformers. Because you're placing them right. It's your job as a leader to take them forward, help them get better. That's the job of a leader. So that makes me ask the question, how much of this problem, the idea that we pass people around rather than either helping them grow or moving them out is because it is so hard to let someone go because it is such a process, whereas transferring someone to another department is relatively easy. Yeah, I think it goes to the, the organization itself. Company A may not be for everybody and that's okay, but the people you put in leadership positions have to have the wherewithal to use the progressive discipline system. Because that's literally what happens if you say, I want to remove this person. Okay, let me see your documentation. Because in reality, if someone's going to lose their job, it shouldn't be a surprise to them because you've been discussing it with them all along, preparing this for this moment. I will tell you, if you have to take somebody's job, it should be the worst day in your life and the worst day in their life. And Ed's absolutely right. Teammate surveys are a big part of it. Because if I'm compensated on what my teammate survey says, I'm surely going to figure out a way so that everybody uh, likes me. Mm. That's bad for the organization, it's bad for the team, and it's bad for the individual. So what's a better way? It comes from the culture of the organization. What matters to them? If you go to a sales company, they may have very different metrics how they're marrying people. And if you go to another company that's serving a certain purpose, that comes from the culture. And again, it has to trickle down. How are you measuring your leadership? How are you measuring their success? You know, so often the higher leadership is all about dollars, right? Uh, what is it going to save for the company? And then we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. What, what does it look like end of the year? If that's your metric, well, you're definitely not going to get the right leaders promoted. I'm going to go back to toxic leaders just for a minute. One of the reasons toxic leaders are allowed to exist is because they're uh, achieving profits 
or achieving a bottom line number or top line number that everybody likes. And what happens a lot many times is that just so that number is achieved, the person they report to is kind of like look the other way and cough. We'll grin and bear it because they're doing all the things they need to do to get to that profitability. The fact that their organization has a 40, 50% turnover or they're holding on to some really bad people and don't want to deal with it. There's a lot of forgiveness given just so that somebody makes the bottom line. So top-down view gets corrupted by uh, dollars and cents. And then that's why the people are just still sitting there, including the toxic managers, when it wouldn't be tolerated anywhere else. I see so many times where people are abused and hurt. It might be performance. And then for privately held companies, family held companies, it's a lot worse because yeah, they have yeah. a bloodline to the top. They can get away with murder. Mm -hmm. uh, they can do just about whatever they want and move people around because it's their company or it's their bloodline. Yeah. I knew someone who bragged about the fact that he would just drive people into the ground. And then when they got exhausted or broken, he would just fire them and hire new people. And he was allowed to stay in the company because he met the number. The best way to get the most cherries is to cut down the cherry tree. And if you can just keep going to another orchard and another orchard, burn and churn, it does work for the bottom line, but it's horrible for the humans. People matter. That's the most important thing. And that's how you build a culture where people stay and choose to stay. It comes down to individual leaders building their teams, right? That's how it should be done. I can't say why some people are not doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that is our 10 minutes. I think this is a really difficult subject as to why organizations keep non-performers, underperformers, and toxic people and move them around rather than, than move them out. And I appreciate the three of you taking the time to kind of share your ideas with me. And I look forward to speaking to you again really soon. Thank you. Thank you.